Bowie, Babylon B CEO Sam Dillon, syndicated political columnist David Limbaugh, mystifying magic and laughs with Doc Dixon, high energy bluegrass favorite Little Roy and Lizzie. One of the best audiences out here that we've had in a long time. We are very happy to have all these guys here with us. You ought to come to one of the tapings of our show. I promise you, you'll have a good time. Just ask these people. They'll tell you. I, you don't know how to get in touch with them, so we're going to send their emails to everybody who ever goes to our website. That way you can harass them and ask them if it's true. You know, sometimes... One doesn't need prepared and scripted comedy because politics and current events, quite frankly, are funnier than anything that could be created to make us laugh or cry. This week, poor Joe Biden woke up to the worst economic news in over 40 years. Inflation was even worse than all of the collective economists had predicted. The 8.3% inflation figure, think about this, is one-twelfth of a person's monthly paycheck. So it simply means that thanks to Joe Biden's economic policies supported by the Democrats in Congress, you now have to live for 12 months on 11 months of your last year's paycheck. That's what inflation does. You've lost a full month of your income because of inflation. And so what did Joe Biden do? Did he tell the American people that he was sorry in a speech that would be called, honey, I shrunk the economy? <laughs> nope. No, he went full board disconnect with reality, and he held a rally in the White House Rose Garden celebrating the very economy that even CNN and MSNBC said was crashing, even as he was saying all these great things. In fact, as Joe squinted and screamed at the teleprompter, the graphics on the screen showed the stock market tanking in the worst freefall since the beginning of the pandemic. As Popeye the sailor would say, this is embarrassing. <laughs> hey, when even CNN and MSNBC can't provide cover for President Biden's blunders, things are really bad. Celebrating an inflation-fighting bill as the worst numbers in over 40 years are announced, it's kind of like the captain of the Titanic standing on the deck of the sinking ship and announcing free ice cubes for everyone. <laughs> I mean, it's as jacked up as telling homeless people to be happy because since they don't have housing, their rent won't be going up next month. <laughs> you know, maybe Joe Biden wants us to celebrate the health benefits of only being able to afford 11 months of groceries in the next 12 months, and touting it'll be a wonderful national weight loss program. <laughs> but rather than American families expressing profound thanks to Joe for making it easy to cut out bacon, butter, and bread, since they can't afford it anymore, 
I kind of think more American families will react like Scarlett O'Hara, digging up potatoes and making this vow. And God is my witness. I'll never be hungry again. I think that's more likely the way people are going to react to what's happening. I do. Yeah. Now, the line that Scarlett O'Hara might utter today at the end of that is, God is my witness, I will not vote for these insane Democrats again. But if, if you think your family is better off under these guys, then at least for now, hey, elections allow you to vote for whomever you want. This week also saw the bizarre scene of three, that's right, three carloads of FBI agents surrounding the MyPillow guy, you know, Mike Lindell. If you watch Fox, he's on every 23 seconds. He's on. <laughs> they went and they rounded him up at the drive-thru at a Hardee's restaurant in Minnesota and confiscated his cell phone. I mean, do they really need three carloads of agents for that? And why the drive-thru at a Hardee's? I mean, maybe they were there to buy a big star burger and they saw Mike Lindell and maybe they feared he might start a pillow fight. So they roughed him up a bit and took his phone. What on earth has happened to the Department of Justice? I mean, the pillow guy has his phone lifted by a squad of federal agents and Hunter Biden, the crackhead consorter of prostitutes and corrupt business partner of communist Chinese stooges, he got a ride this week on Air Force One. It's a brave new world out there. Oh, and Hillary Clinton, she's being given a platform to tell the world that anyone who questions election results is a threat to democracy. I kind of think her memory is getting as bad as Joe Biden's <laughs> because she said for years after the 2016 elections that the election was stolen from her and that Donald Trump wasn't the legitimate president. Well, I guess by her own definition, Hillary Clinton is a threat to democracy. But heck, some of us knew that already. And in another trip down Bizarro Boulevard, Vice President Kamala Harris actually said that we have a secure border. Yeah. Even as, at that very moment, thousands of illegal immigrants were walking right in, part of the two million that have come in this year. Now, it's worth laughing at her for making such a ridiculous statement but, you know, there's nothing funny about the fact that she and Joe's bungle at the border has resulted in over 100,000 deaths from deadly fentanyl that comes across with those illegal immigrants. But guess who? Alejandro Mayorkas, the Department of Homeland Security Secretary, says is as dangerous as the terrorist who murdered over 3,000 civilian Americans on 9-11. He actually said this last Sunday. He said, more dangerous than those terrorists, those hijackers, were Trump voters and parents who speak out at school board meetings, or as he calls them, domestic terrorists. You know, it'd be funny if these people were just running for office and we could laugh at them. Normally, their insane out-of-touch comments would garner them about 5% of the cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs vote. But hey, these people, they're not just running for office, they're running the country. You know what? There is nothing funny about that. Okay. 
Well, it is bad enough that the left is in major positions of power in our government, but it's no news that they also hold the levers of power in various cultural institutions. Twitter has become notorious for its absurd bans of various mainstream commentators, but they really hit it out of the park. They're banning the page of the obvious satire site, the Babylon Bee. Babylon Bee CEO Seth Dillon joins us after the break to discuss that and much more. Do not go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Seth Dillon runs, without a doubt, the funniest fake news site on the internet. Well, next to CNN, that's the real funny <laughs> fake news site, it is. It's called the Babylon Bee, and boy, does the left hate the Babylon Bee. The Babylon Bee has been suspended from Twitter. They've been fact-checked by humorless so-called journalists. That's amazing to me. And now, They've got a new book out that I'm sure will be a threat to democracy. Would you please welcome to the show Babylon Bee CEO Seth Dillon. Seth, thank you very much for being here. Great to be here. It is funny not just to watch stuff in the Bee, which I love, but then the, the press comes out and they try to pretend that you guys were serious. Yeah. What's happened to comedy in this country? <laughs> What's happened to comedy? I mean, look... Uh... Comedy is supposed to um, poke holes in the popular narrative, right? Yeah. We're supposed, whatever the powers that be are promoting, whatever they're pushing on, we're supposed to be poking at that, holding up to scrutiny, mocking it, you know, ridiculing it, where it deserves to be ridiculed. Yeah, it does. Um, and comedians now don't really do that. Comedians are really affirming whatever the popular narrative is, uh, and they're avoiding ever really challenging it. And so... I think the comedians that do challenge it are being very successful. We're very successful, I think, as a result of that. But the ones, uh, the ones who, uh, who just go for the applause of like affirmation rather than laughter of amusement, I think, that's, uh, I think they're shirking their responsibility a little bit. The Babylon Bee has been targeted like nothing else I've ever seen. Interestingly, you guys now have more people reading you than reading the old classic satire uh, piece, The Onion. It's the number one satire view in the world. Yeah. You've been banned by Twitter. They don't believe in you. They don't like you. Why do they hate you so much, Seth? Uh, oh, hate. That's the word. <laughs> that's the uh, word. Uh, we engaged in hateful conduct. That's, oh. That's our crime. Yeah. Um, we made a joke that we weren't supposed to make. We punched down at one of the marginalized and oppressed. We made a joke about Rachel Levine, the transgender uh, health admiral in the Biden yeah. administration. Um, USA Today had named Rachel Levine Woman of the Year, and we did a joke on that where we said we named Rachel Levine our Man of the Year. And... Uh, <laughs> So, <laughs> See, I thought that was funny, yeah. okay? That shows what a sick mess I am, right? Oh, wow. <laughs> it was supposed to be nine. funny. Um, you know, it, this idea that we're so, we somehow made, you know, these jokes are about the marginalized, the oppressed. We're, 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 we're poking fun at this idea that, you know, men can become women, women can become men. You know, this is, a, this is an idea that comes from the top down. We're not punching down on anyone. We're not, yeah. we're not joking about the marginalized, the oppressed. By the way, 
You're not marginalized and oppressed. If, if someone merely jokes about you and you can get them canceled or fired or suspended permanently, you're the one who holds the power. Uh, you're the one who has the power. So I think it really point. is the opposite of what they say it is. You guys have also created a partnership or a relationship with the uh, libs of TikTok, yes. which is another uh, hilarious uh, website. Tell us about the Babylon Bee's relationship to the libs of TikTok and mm -hmm. how that is just making some people's heads explode. The Bee doesn't actually have a formal relationship with Libs of TikTok. That was a, a, a deal I made with, with the founder of Libs of TikTok personally. Okay. Um, I, I, sometimes there's confusion there just because you know I run the Bee and so people think whatever I do, but it was a personal thing that I did. The, the Babylon Bee doesn't technically have a relationship there, but uh, we're both kind of serving the same goal of exposing kind of the absurdity, the hypocrisy, the insanity of what's going on. There's an all out assault right now on truth and rationality. And like you said, comedy that is comedy supposed to have like an element of truth to it. You know, the bee is the bee is speaking the truth with comedy. That's what we're trying to do is tell the truth with our humor. You know, satire rides on the back of the truth. Um, and there's an assault on the on truth to the point where you can't even joke about these things. You can't jokingly refer to a male person, Rachel Levine, as a man. You can't even do that in jest. So there's an assault on truth and rationality, and both libs of TikTok and Babylon Bee are pushing back on that. When people uh, want to get the Babylon Bee. Because you know, maybe some people in our audience are really learning about you for the first time. If that's the case, how do they sign up? What do they do to be a part of that receiving uh, entity? Well, they can't follow us on Twitter anymore. Uh, <laughs> there's not much happening there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we still have Instagram. We still have Facebook. Uh, honestly, you know, a great way is if you go to our website, BabylonB.com, get on our newsletter list because then you know, with with the big tech platforms. Uh, they, they control how much of your audience you reach. Yeah. And, uh, and Facebook throttles us like crazy. We, don't, we have people all the time tell us that they don't see our articles anymore on there. So following us on there is almost worthless. Get on the email list and then we can send you our content. Now, a big court case came down this week, uh, Friday of this week, from Texas and a federal judge there. Um, landmark case, big deal. What happened? Uh, well, I've only just become familiar with this recently, so I, I, I don't know a lot about it. But yeah, there was, there's, there's House Bill 20 in Texas, which had passed through the legislature, uh, and it was uh, enjoined by a judge. Uh, basically, the platforms had argued that they have the right to censor. They have a First Amendment right to exercise censorship over your speech. So Facebook, Twitter, yeah. they could just say, we don't yeah, like what Seth like Dillon is saying, we're shutting him down. Take you out. Well, um, that was appealed, and the Fifth Circuit uh, uh, Appeals Court uh, threw out that ruling and said there is no hidden right to muzzle and censor other people's speech in the First Amendment. The First Amendment protects your free speech. Wow, what a novel idea yeah. that the First Amendment actually applies to people being able to speak. You have a... Um a we, guide. Need, we need more wins like that, by the we way. We definitely do. Like you guys are doing something for the midterms called the Babylon Bee's Guide to Democracy. What's, what's that about? How do we get it? Our newest book. So we have a series of books we're putting out. Well, the last one we did was The Guide to Wokeness. <laughs> and that's an, you got to pick that one. It, it was top 20 on Amazon for a little while. It was a bestseller. Uh, I can't believe they didn't ban it, honestly. Um, but, you know, uh, we, we basically, with, with The Guide to Democracy, we're just poking fun at all of this election nonsense, you know? We, we jokingly say that we're gonna teach you how to rig elections and, uh, and you know, <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 uh, and stage an insurrection and all of these things. It's, it's all obviously in jest. 
Um, oh no! It's a very, You're going to be investigated. Yeah, I'm sure we will. That, hey, don't the, go to a Hardee's drive-in. The, they will take <laughs> your phone. <laughs> I'm just asking the FBI to show up at my doorstep. Um, but yeah, you know, you got to have some fun with this stuff. Uh, uh, you know, everyone's accused of uh, of being a threat to democracy for their election denial and all of this. It's it's and it's and the people who are saying this all denied elections themselves, as yeah, you pointed out with Hillary Clinton. Of- so. Um, we poke fun at all of that, the hypocrisy there. So it's a fun book. It's a fun book you should pick up. Seth, I, I just personally want to tell you how much I appreciate you and the incredibly gifted, talented people at the Babylon Bee. Some of the greatest stuff that's being uh, put out today. Thank you. You also have, uh, I'll just mention this, Not the Bee, which is a truth site. It's not satire. Not the Bee. And uh, sometimes I read it and I have to remind myself, this is actual news here. Yeah. Very reliable. And I, I just hope people will... Uh, not only get the materials, but, you know, I remember one of the times you guys got in trouble and you got banned for something. I sent you a check. I said, you know, by golly, uh, folks like you deserve our support. And I really believe that. That's how I got this watch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Thank you very much, Seth. It's great having you here. Keep up that fantastic work. I really do hope our audience will pick up the new book, The Babylon Bee Guide to Democracy. I know it will be, you need it. You know, you need to laugh a little bit because every time we look at what's going on in the world, we cry. You can find all the information about the book and how to get it if you go to Huckabee.tv. We got links right there to follow The Babylon Bee and Seth Dillon online. Now, Keith Bilbrey is standing over at his little perch. He's going to tell us what we have coming up. But Keith... No satire. No. Mike catches up with a Huck's hero, then political commentator David Limbaugh on the upcoming election. Still ahead on Huckabee. Tragedies brought on by war, famine, and natural disasters seem unending. But thankfully, because of the unending support of people like you, so is the good work of Samaritan's Purse. Armed with practical goods and the hope of Christ, they bring real joy to the brokenhearted, whether that's in Kentucky or anywhere else in the world. I hope you'll consider giving any amount to Samaritan's Purse. To do that, just go to their website, or you can call them today and join them in this kingdom work. Thank you and God bless you. You may remember that last summer we had a Huck's hero, Joe Donaldson. He's from Arkansas. He's a great guy, of course. He's from Arkansas. His organization is called Sheep Dog Impact Assistance. He was with us on the show with veteran and double amputee Scott West. Now they were preparing for a tough climb up Mount Kilimanjaro. Think about that, a double amputee. But as part of their Climb for a Cause program, they, along with several other disabled vets, they actually completed the climb, but it was no picnic. We wanted to follow up with Joe Donaldson to see how that climb went and how those veterans' lives were changed. You won't believe it.
Last time we were here, we talked about taking our 11 combat veterans on Mount Kilimanjaro, trying to get them up this mountain to, to succeed it. And, and we did. We went to, in August this past year, we took these veterans over to Africa, and we, we took them up, giving them one of the biggest challenges they probably ever had in their life. And we took 11 veterans, again, remembering that the purpose of this event was to make veterans realize they have a purpose. Hey, Freddy, kick! Oh, yeah, baby. If I can get through today, I think the next two days after that will be good. These 11 veterans hit the mountain, which is going to be a seven-day climb. Everyone feels better today. Everybody feels motivated to get to the next next camp and slowly work our way to the top of this mountain. This is going to be kind of, I think, a make-or-break day um, before summit. Long nights, cold temperatures, 10, 12 hours without sleep sometimes, sometimes walking through the night. Probably one of the hardest things they ever did, you know, in matching combat. Three days or four days in, it's, it, they've, they've been climbing for eight or 10 or 12 hours. They're tired, they're cold, and it's, it's 10 or 11 o'clock at night, and they're going to have to get up in three hours and start walking again. They're crying. You've got, you've got these big, tough soldiers that literally are sitting here in a camp crying to each other and holding on to each other like, I don't know if I can do this. I'm not sure I can make it. Oh yes, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this. It's just a neat scenario to see a bunch of combat veterans that didn't serve in combat together, but they've experienced the same thing as life come together for this maybe one last life challenge of an accomplishment to climb the second largest mountain in the world without a leg, without an arm, with, with physical challenges, they push their self. You just, you change the world for them and everybody around them. We had a couple not make it, they had to come back down, the altitude got to them, um, but they're, they're bound and determined to try it again with us this next year, and then we're probably gonna take them. But the success of the climb this past year, seeing eight of those 11 veterans summit that mountain and come home with a testimony um, with their families, friends, and honestly, American people were watching. And um, we had so much support from around the country, just on social media, uh, financial, um, that we know this is gonna be an annual event, and we're confident that the American people are ready to see more veterans push themselves to that level. We'd love to thank the uh, Huckabee Show for letting us come on and tell this story. Uh, we'd love to thank the audience. Uh, they've been remarkable in supporting us, following us on social media and donating. And we're just, we're looking forward to this next year's event. We're already interviewing veterans and it's getting ready to happen. So um, we're excited and you know, we'll see you on the climb in 2023. Oh man, this is, this is awesome. This is motivating, it's motivating. That is unbelievable. You know, I've watched that now several times, and every time I do, I'm still blown away that these guys, some of whom have no legs, have done something to climb the second highest peak in the world. We are so glad to have had the honor of naming Joe Donaldson a Huck's hero. Now, he's doing some incredible work, as I think you'll agree. And I want to say thank you for all you have done to support him. If you want to learn more about Joe Donaldson and Sheepdog Impact Assistance, you can go to Huckabee.tv. We have a link to his organization and all he's doing. If you want to recommend someone uh, to make that climb next year, my thought is somebody you don't like, because I can't imagine doing that. I think we're going to sign Keith up. Don't you think that's a great idea? Finally, that's a great idea. I think it's a great idea, Keith. Uh, you know, get, get to working, man. Get in shape. I don't know about that. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> right now, I'm going to ask for Keith's assistance 
just in telling us what we have coming up next, and I know it's good. Okay, up next, David Limbaugh, then the magic of Doc Vixen, all just moments away on Huckabee. best reasons to come to the show in person is because when you watch on television, you get a little piece of the music that we have. But when you're here, you get a lot more of it. And I'm telling you, there's not better live music in the whole city of Nashville or the country for that matter, than you're going to get from Trey Corley and the Music City Connection. These guys are the best. Now, I've been telling you about my next trip to Israel, which is February the 11th through the 22nd of 2023. And if you've ever thought about personally walking in the steps of Jesus, I hope you'll make your dream come true and go with me. I'm going to personally take you on this journey of a lifetime. But space is limited, and it's filling up. So go to thegreatesttrip.com and sign up today. And as it says in the scriptures, I'll see you next year in Jerusalem. David Limbaugh is a best-selling author. He's an attorney. He's also the brother of the late radio great Rush Limbaugh. David says, as we head into the midterms, establishment Republicans are way out of touch with the base, and it could cost them at the ballot box in November. Please welcome to the show David Limbaugh, the author of this brand-new book in his series about Jesus, the resurrected Jesus. David Limbaugh. Thank you, David. Thanks for having me. What a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Um, we're going to talk about the book in a minute, but I, I want to get into Republicans ought to be blowing this thing out of the water. Yes. But the last few weeks, it's tightening up, and I don't get it. What's going on? Well, first place, I'm not entirely sure it's tightening up because I don't believe anything out of the mainstream media. Uh, but secondly, I, bills like uh, Lindsey Graham is sponsoring. I, I like Lindsey, so I don't want to come across, yeah. across as caustic or insulting. We won the abortion decision. Yes, we did. In Dobbs after 50 years. It has been remanded to the states where it's supposed to be. And now Lindsey Graham proposes a bill that voluntarily surrenders the principle that life begins at conception. Now, I know that's not his intent. His intent is probably, I don't know if it's cynical to get to look good like you're reaching across the aisle. That never pays off. Never. The left never reaches across the aisle. When, once you start talking about the fact that you can't the baby feels pain at 15 weeks, so we cut it off. Well, first place, I think the baby might feel pain earlier, and it's terrible. And we talk about that in our pro-life speeches, but that's not the issue. The issue is life, and when does life begin? And once you utter this idea that you're comfortable with killing babies, murdering babies, anytime in the first 15 uh, weeks, then you can no longer say, I uh, believe life begins at conception with credibility. Yeah. So what I think, people wonder why Trump... I agree. Totally. People wonder why an odd character like Trump ever rose to the fore, an, a, a person that wasn't in the political arena. This is exactly why, because he doesn't do this kind of nonsense. He doesn't worry about being loved by the other side. 
He worries about getting policy established that we want. These people don't understand, these career politicians, many of them don't understand that the way you win elections is to stick to your principles and be enthusiastic about it like the liberals are. I, I utterly agree. I've been saying that on television, every interview I've had. On principle, when something is right, we stick to it. You don't compromise on those core values and convictions. We're dealing with an incredibly messed up economy, David. Um, you've got the other side that has tinkered with it and ruined it. I mean, they really have. They and they can say, who, who, they can blame whoever they want. It's in their hands. They did this. Yeah. And now families are suffering, and they really are, especially working class families. How do we communicate that to the American public? That well, in the first place, this isn't incompetence. This is intentional. The, 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 the left is ideologically tied to quasi-Marxist policies. They don't care. They all economists know that when you have too many, too many dollars chasing, chasing too few goods, you're going to have inflation. This is what this inflation incre in increasing act does. And, and the idea that they use Orwellian language to call it the Inflation Reduction Act to slip in New Deal insanity and idolatry, I mean, Green New Deal, makes me sick to my stomach. And, and so, as I think you and I talked earlier, yes, play these ads. Yeah. Play these ads, but play other ads like Joe Biden claims he's a uniter. We've got the border closed. Inflation is transitory. Play those yeah. kinds of ads. That the summer riots were just uh, uh, somewhat peaceful, <laughs> partially peaceful, whatever they said. Play them. They lie every time they talk. Let's get that out in the open. You know, I, I really hope they will listen to what you just said. Um, you know, when I think about what's happening, this week it was revealed that interest rates are now for homes 6%. That's double what they were a year ago, which means a family is going to have to buy, if they want to buy a home, a smaller home, or pay a whole lot more money, or both. The average car payment this year is now going to be $763. I mean, that's just crushing working people. And you see, even if they recognize that, they can, and I'm not saying they want to hurt people, although a more cynical view is they want total chaos so that then they can come in and have total government control. But even being less cynical, if <clears throat> this kind of, the reason they promote this kind of a inflation increasing bill is because that's the way they sneak in their Green uh, New Deal. And that's, that's, that, that's uh, unnegotiable to them. That's non-negotiable. So they know it causes inflation, but they have to, they can't deviate. When anybody does something wrong, when they create a policy that, that has disastrous results, when they do stuff that's laughably stupid, objectively evil and incompetent, the media doesn't hold them accountable, so they just keep doing it. So we have to. We, we voters have to hold them accountable. And the way you don't is if you dilute what they do or try to meet them halfway. We can't do it. I, and I think it's a real mistake when I hear people say, well, I just don't think it'll matter. I'm not going to vote. That's a real surrender, isn't it? Oh, that... I, I don't grieves understand. me. I can't believe people say that. I, I want to get to your book. It's brand new. It's just out. You co-authored this with your daughter, uh, Kristen, and I want you to talk about, this is one of a series. This one's The Resurrected Jesus. You know, um, a lot of people think, well, Jesus was such a nice, gentle guy. He never got upset with anybody. You're all worked up about these elections. How do you write a book about Jesus? Well, Jesus said, I came to divide mother and father, brother and sister. Not that he was a divisive guy, but he's truth. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus isn't just about truth. He is truth. And the reason he said he came to divide, 
He means he knows this world is run by the evil one. And so to the extent that people follow the evil one, he's going to separate them from himself. It's a great book. And uh, I know you are proud to be able to co-author this with your daughter. That must have been Ecstatic. a delight. And may I, may I say, thank you. And may I say, I'm so excited because this is a kind of a commentary and devotional combination. What Kristen has done, I'm so proud of her. What she has done is, in addition to contributing to the, the text, she has primarily authored the, the prayers that are sprinkled throughout the text that are re directly related to the text, designed to bring people closer to the Bible and to God. And Jesus, I mean, Kristen is spirit-filled and prayer warrior, and I think people really benefit from that. And that's qualitatively different from my other books. Well, I think it's going to be one people will want to get. For our audience, you need to head over to Huckabee.tv. We have links to buy David's latest bestseller, The Resurrected Jesus. We also have links to keep up with uh, David Limbaugh on social media. You know what else we got? A lot more show. You better stick around. And here's Keith Filbury to tell you why. Well, he fooled Penn and Teller, but can he fool Mike and me? Find out next when magician Doc Dixon performs on Huckabee. shop.huckabee.tv and get your very own made in the USA Huckabee mugs, t-shirts, and more. Welcome back. My next guest, he's a magician, a comedian, and a speaker. He's been amazing audiences for over 25 years and doing this in front of corporate events as well as two shows at the White House. Now, you might have seen him fool Penn and Teller. That's a big deal. But here's the question. Can he fool me? That's a lot harder than fooling those guys. Please welcome Doc Dixon to our show. Doc, Thank great you. having you here. Good to be here. Okay, see if you can fool me. Okay, the gauntlet has been cast. Definitely. I'll give it a shot. All right. Now, when I was on Penn & Teller, I did my version of the shell game, the game with three walnut shells and the yeah. pea. Uh -huh. Now, I made this simpler. No, okay. no three walnut shells, just one cup. One Take a cup. look, grab it, reach inside, make sure it's empty. It's empty. Excellent, he's taking mm. it seriously. I'm sweating yeah. bullets over here, I'm sweating bullets. And not a little green pea, but a big yellow ball. Take it, Okay. drop it in the cup. In the cup. Nothing but there we go. There we go, watch, mix it up. All right, Governor, round one. Where's the yellow ball? Well, it would appear it would be underneath that cup. Okay, please don't touch the cup, you're not in the union. Oh, Sorry, okay. it's okay, Sorry. Here, let's see, <laughs> round one. Yes! Yes, hey! Excellent, excellent, as expected. He, he didn't fool me. All right, all right, all right, okay. There you go. Round two coming up. This time, let's make it fun. Let's play for money. Oh, yeah, your no, money. Don't, no, don't worry, not my money, not your money. Oh, okay. uh, we'll play for all the money in the wallet of uh, somebody I bumped backstage. Oh. <laughs> Let me see. Uh, uh, Keith Bilbrey. Oh, good! Whoa. Hey, hey! <laughs> yeah. He ain't got no money. But, <laughs> but, Keith, don't worry. I would not steal your money unless... Unless it was absolutely convenient. Yeah. Okay. Right. Here uh -huh. we go. Okay. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five bucks. Ooh. Five bucks. Yeah, He's got a raise. That's not my wallet. <laughs> 
Well, five bucks, not much to get excited about. Tell you what, let's make it a million. Better yet, Brazilian. There we go. We got 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 Brazilian, and 100, 200, 300, 400 American. All of that on the line. I hope I get it right. Take a look at that. Did you see how fast he reached for yes. that? Yes. That was impressive. Look, it took me 30 years in politics to know how to reach for bucks I, that fast. I, okay? I know, but, but governor's a state office, but you reach with federal speech. I know, Boy, but it's good. <laughs> People, these are the jokes. That okay, fooled me. I have no idea how he did that. Watch. Okay. Ball goes inside the cup. All right. I'll mix it up. Watch. I'm more interested in that money. Okay, it could be in the cup. It could be in the hand. Or yeah. I could have just sneaked it in my pocket. We'll let the audience vote first. Audience, how many of you say it's in the hand? Come on, make a little noise. Think it's in the hand. It's in, it's in the hand. Make some noise. Okay, they're let's see. They're not that stupid. They can see that your hand was clapping, right? No, no but they're very nice. So okay. Watch right yeah, on okay. that. <laughs> Keith right, was clapping, by the way. I was not. Okay. You thought about Don't 400 about reasons to clap there. All right, Governor. It's on the line here. All right. Cup or pocket, what say ye? I think it's under the cup. I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for you. Oh. 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 Hey, let me see. Wait, what, what pocket? What? I feel bad. Snap. It's in the cup. Okay, good job. Oh. Good job. Okay, so let, let me explain what just happened. The technical term is cheating. <laughs> okay. What happens is I take the ball, I put it in the pockets, not in the yeah. cup. Take the ball, put it in the pocket, snap my fingers, it goes inside the cup. Now, some people will deny this. We refer to these people as anti-snapites. We don't like those people. <laughs> but it goes inside the pocket, watch, boom, it's inside the cup. That's that cheating thing again, too. Like, okay, some people think it's a trick table. That really hurts my feelings. Uh, sir, hold out your left hand like that, please. Left hand, okay. Sorry. Sorry. My other left hand. Other left. Okay, when I do that, do you feel the ball? I do, yeah. That's good, that's good. If I take an imaginary ball, do you feel the ball? No. That's also good, okay. that's also good. Wanted to be honest we about it, I didn't feel it. We don't want a false positive. Gently squeeze the cup, squeeze. No, the other, oh, this, this one, one like this. this. Yes. Squeeze, put the other hand gently on top. Gently. I cannot get inside there, squeeze tight. Watch the power of the snap, here we go. One, two, three. You did not. You did not do that. You did not Clock do like that. Clock it worked! <laughs> it's just the snap thing. That's crazy. Well, well I, I do what I can. Yeah. Here, I'll get rid of the ball. I'll let the audience do the snap thing. I'll count to three. You snap. One, two, three, snap. You've got the power. Now, let me explain something. Okay. I'm doing this a few weeks ago, and it wasn't a nice audience like this, yeah. no. Some jerk in the front row yells to me, I know how you do that. You got a second yellow ball. I got so ticked off, I threw it at him, and I missed. Yeah. So then I reached inside my pocket and took out a second yellow ball. <laughs> <laughs> Could have had a point, you know. Yeah. Could have had a point, but I had to resort to the super snap at that point. Two snaps, lemon. <laughs> Okay, I'm standing around here watching this. I'm, I'm... I'll let you try. You can do it. Here, three snaps, sir. Three snaps. One, two, three. You can tell you're a musician. Yes. Potato. The oh. amazing Huckabee! <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is awesome. Oh, thank you, sir. Hey, thank before you. we let you go, yep. you are very involved with your family, but something passionate about adoption for you. What is oh. that? 
Yeah, uh, my wife and I are, are blessed to have six boys at home, currently ages seven through 15. So thanks for getting me out of the house for a little yeah. bit. Thanks, <laughs> thanks. And uh, all of our boys came to us through adoption. And I like to mention that to folks because I never know who I'm talking to and, and maybe it could inspire someone or maybe your kids are thinking of adopting. And sometimes people wonder, uh, you know, why we chose that path for six sons in, instead of biologically. And, and the truth is this. Uh, my wife is an extremely beautiful woman, gorgeous woman. Me, I'm an average looking guy, but she has some ugly relatives. <laughs> and... <laughs> I wasn't willing to take the chance. <laughs> now, uh, a, lot of, a lot of people say that makes me shallow. I'm like, hey, if that's what it took to get six good-looking sons, sign me up. <laughs> but uh, in, in all seriousness, uh, in, in addition to the corporate shows I do and the shows on cruise ships, I also perform and, and speak a lot to uh, adoption groups, church groups, and if there's one thing I can convey to you from that yeah. message, it's this. The next time you see someone who has kids through adoption, don't talk to them like they're a missionary about to go off to some super scary place. <laughs> you know, like, bless you. Bless you for taking those kids. Bless you. <laughs> no, instead, remember that adoption is a process. It's not a condition. And treat them with all the joy and the over-the-top fist mm. bumps and hugs, whatever, as you would someone having a child biologically. Now, that child may be a 10-year-old child biologically they're about to have, but, but it doesn't matter because it's a super happy thing that, you know, it should be rejoiced, rejoiced about. Just like being here on the Mike Huckabee Show, everybody. Yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> hey, to see more of the astounding Doc Dixon, please check out his tour dates and a lot more. To do that, go to Huckabee.tv. The links will magically, magically appear. Right now, Keith, who has not disappeared, he will tell us what will next magically appear on the show. Well, start tapping your feet right now. Bluegrass stars Little Roy and Lizzie are about to perform. That's next on Huckabee. For Mike's guest, Congressman Don Bacon, plus television host and New York Times best-selling author Ainsley Earhart. Tonight's musical guests are multi-award-winning bluegrass artists and masters of many instruments. Roy Lewis is a member of several halls of fame. And Elizabeth Long is a Dove Award winner for Bluegrass Song of the Year. Their latest album is this one. It's appropriately called Welcome to the Show. So would you please welcome to the show for the first time, Little Roy Lewis and Lizzie. Great having you guys here. Man, we're glad to be here. We are. You know, uh, honestly, when I read about Lizzie and her love for turkey hunting, and turkey hunters will understand, you completed the Grand Slam. I did. Which means you've done all the various species of North American turkeys, which is a big deal. It's a big deal. Big deal, Roy. 
<laughs> I was thinking, we'll dismiss Roy, and Lizzie and I will talk about turkey hunting. Yeah. Today. Go right ahead. I, I'm, I, I can't say nothing about that. Just go ahead and tell them all about the turkeys and the hens and everything. <laughs> Look, he doesn't know a thing about being in the woods or nothing, but he'll eat anything I bring in. There you go, see? <laughs> you depend on hunters like Lizzie and me to put food on the table. I love venison. I do, too. I love it. Chili, the best chili ever been made. The best chili my out wife, of venison is the one that I make. My, I'll make you some. I, I don't know my wife sometime. is money. She's from Louisiana. Yeah. And she knows what she's doing. You're from Arkansas. I am. She's from Louisiana. She knows all about that Cajun stuff. Just throw some more spice in there. It's the same yeah. stuff. I got it. <laughs> you guys have been all over the place and obviously won many awards. Bluegrass is a unique and truly American art form. Yep. How did you get into playing bluegrass music and sustaining it through all these years? Little Roy, I'll let you start first since you're the oldest one. Well, it all started in Lincolnton, Georgia. We were from a little town north of Augusta. And uh, back in the early, uh, early 50s, I won my first contest. I won my first money. It was $10. And, uh, and I still have the shirt that I wore in my little museum that I have. And I save everything. I love country music. I loved Hank Williams. And I loved all of the early country music stuff. But my, my heroes was really Flat and Scruggs. Uh. In my hometown where I'm from, people just played with two fingers. You know, that, it sounded like a three-legged dog running. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard some people play then, like that. In 1948, I believe it was 1948, we was listening to the Grand Ole Opry, and I heard Earl Scruggs do Foggy Mountain Breakdown. Uh. Yeah. And I said, something has got to be different than what I'm doing. So my brother, Wallace, he went down to see Mac Wiseman. Uh, yeah. And he, when he had a band back in, in the early 50s, and he came back and stopped at the music store and said, you got to have one more pick on. See, I was playing with like this. With two. And then I, he bought this third pick. And then I'd have the old record player. It would play uh, 45s. It plays 78s and it would play 33 and the third. Well, what I would do, I'd put the, I'd put the uh, 78 on, I cut it to 33 and a third, I tuned my banjo down, it was said, Doma, doma, linga, doma, 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 linga, doma, 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 linga, doma, doma. Now you know, Roy, they got software on computers that will do that for you, but that did work. That so, Lizzie, did you learn to play that way too? I, or? Well, yes. It went from cassettes, though, and unfortunately, they had a thing that could slow down cassettes at the time, but we was too poor to afford that, you know, so you would be blessed if the sun kind of melted it and it slowed it down a little bit. <laughs> but uh, I did have, my grandmother and them had one of them big cabinets, you know, cabinets thing that had an eight-track player and 33 and a third in there, and I had some old Lewis family records, because uh -huh. I, I was born and raised in Lincoln, and we're kin folks some kind of way down the trees, a small town, or... But anyway, I'd put my thumb on the 33 and a third, like he said, and it'd be like the Lewis family. They sound like, you know, oh, there's honey in the rock, my brother. And it'd be like, oh, there's honey in the rock, my brother. You know, and that's how I learned how to play. And then I play fiddle. That's the only instrument Little Roy don't know how to play. And he taught me how to play fiddle. That's probably why I don't sound great playing fiddle like everybody else's because I learned it. <laughs> Little Roy taught me how to play fiddle 
singing it to me with his mouth and all. So You know what? With all this, I'm ready to hear you guys play because I have no idea what you're going to do. This may be the wildest music we've ever had on our show. Yes. So while little Roy and Lizzie get ready to perform, little Keith is going to tell our listeners how they can hear more of the fantastic music of little Roy and Lizzie. For the new album, Welcome to the Show, plus all things Little Roy and Lizzie, go to Huckabee.tv for the convenient links. You can also see a digital exclusive of dueling banjos, and you don't want to miss that. And now, performing, it's all right if you've done your best. Here's Little Roy and Lizzie Show! This morning on a smart part night, start thinking back April and Trump's a price. I'm standing on the left, so standing on the right. Wait for the Lord to say it's all right, it's all right. All right. If you done your best, it's all right. It's all right. If you stood the test, it's all right, it's all right, children. If you're good, Lord, say it's all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. All right. All right. And if you wanna get happy, tell you what to do. Started working from daylight, dark when the arca was a finished. Oh, shut the door, he said, Lord, let me rest. 